0: Welcome to my podcast. My name is Andre Tyson. Today, I'm really excited. I have a special guest that's joining our show. Without any further ado, I give you Tim. Uh, this is someone that I've known now over the past couple of years. And um, I'm so excited for uh, the discussion we're going to have today. And um, a lot of people, um, you know, know about the topic we're going to talk about, which is crypto. Crypto. But in any case, um, if you haven't, you're probably going to learn a lot, and um, Tim is someone who's knowledgeable on, in this field, and um, we kind of like go back and forth on some of this stuff, but at the end of the day, um, it's a lot of information, and so if you guys have a hope in mind to learn and want to know what's going on um, in the market and in the industry, this would be a great episode, so without any further ado, I give you Tim.
1: Hey, how you
0: doing? Glad to see you, Andre. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I, um, and, and I know that for a while now we were trying to hook up and do this episode and, you know, schedule and, yeah. and different stuff might come up. But at the end of the day, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to make this happen.
1: Oh, no problem.
0: Yeah, it's been tactic for the last couple of weeks. I know, right? It's, it's always something, you know, when we're busy, you know, a guy like me and you are always Working on different projects, it's always something coming up and so whatever we have planned It just seems like there's always something else that's coming in or getting in the way So yeah. we never get a chance to actually um, get together to um, do what we need to do
1: Yeah, not enough time in 24 hours True, <laughs> especially for uh, someone who's busy, you know Yeah, you've got a job and everything else, yes, it exactly. you down.
0: Yeah, so, you know, welcome, um, just tell us a little
1: bit about who you are, man well, my name's Tim. I went to school to be an animator and then uh, started as graphic designer, then I ended up in animation and film. And I uh, was out in Kansas City for a couple of years where Walt Disney studied. That's one reason I went there. Now I also had a real good program with Disney. Then I went back home and I moved to Atlanta and did some schooling down there for 3D animation because that was the new thing at the time from 2D to 3 Then I moved back home here in Mass because um, things didn't work out. I planned. So then I um, went back to school uh, while working. We work at and uh, we met, and I got my bachelor of fine arts with a minor in business. So I did the, all that, and then I've uh, been working on different side projects here and there. And I fell into this thing about enteism and re- looking into them. And that's why I'm moving towards doing this project. Okay,
0: and and um, during that time, as you went to school. Uh, and um, get all your degree and certification and stuff like that. You also, um, you design your own comic
1: book. Yeah, I did the comic book as part of this project. I've been working on it for years. I actually wrote the script in Atlanta in 1999. My very first project started in 1988. It was really funny and kind of sad. Um, I did a project and ended in a contest. It placed in the top, like, t- 20... Wow out of uh, like 2,000 entries at Cartoon Network yeah and then it was based on a music concept from our Irish heritage and what I learned over the years in this industry music rights are very difficult to deal with people are very difficult to deal with and a lot of lawyers involved so when you see like like this new Thor movies out they got a lot of mo- music from the 80s it's it's very difficult to license music because they want to know how much your licensing, for how long, what media you're going to put it in, how many duplications you're doing. I just go, are you going to have DVDs, CDs? It's it's it's, 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 it's very complicated, it really is. I've, I've dealt with it. So I did the project, and I went back to school, and I worked on it. And when I got back home in the mid-2000s, I called the artist up because one of the artists actually lived in New Hampshire which is right up the road and he died and I didn't know that and I was like if I'd known that I would have I went up there to see him because I, when I went to Atlanta I saw a bunch of celebrities I went to their houses and they went to my apartment and stuff back and forth to me they're just to me people go oh wow I was like no he's an employee I gotta pay he's looking for work because he's got bills to pay so to me it's like just business so it's nothing really like personal but this guy was really hilarious his name was Liam Clancy and I called him in Ireland, and so it was, when internet was early, it didn't have all the database they have today. And I called his manager, manager Suck, and he was difficult. I stumbled across his home phone number, so I called and left a message. And I left another message, I left another message. I come home one day from work, and his voice is on my answer sheet for bloody hell, McGee. I was in the goddamn hospital. Can you give me a break? Uh, he was in Mexico, he got sick. He had an oh, ear no. infection, yeah. See, so they call me back, and he hung up, and I called him back. We became pretty good friends over the phone. It was very funny. Every time I'd call him to discuss business, he would stop me, tell me, you know, his war stories, but his problems with Sony or Columbia. And he had, you know, he had a big history of music uh, from the early 50s all the way to the 1990s. And then I'd tell him what happened to me and my problems when I was at Turner, and we went back and forth. we talked talk about it. They'd tell me about his brother's. We were in the band together and, you know, the rivalry. And, and was, it was really interesting to learn from him. And I said, I was I was always told that you guys got in a fight. And he said, no, we, we set up rules so that we wouldn't kill each other, that we'd go away and come back, go away, come back. We, we always stuck together. He's like, and I saw the documentary about him. And it, it said it in the documentary. it so backed up what he was saying. Okay. It was really interesting. So I said, I did this cartoon on your music. And he's like, okay, well, why don't you send over what you got? And we went back and forth, and he went and recorded an album for me so I, wow. could, so I could go do the cartoon. But he passed away oh, before, no. Yeah, before we could finish any contracts. It really hurt, because every time i call him, he'd tell me a war story. And he'd say, you, 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 you get a friendship, you get to know him. And then he went on he said, um, hey, that reminds me of a song. Every time. And he would start singing on the phone to me. And he'd want me to join in and sing with him. And so I'm singing with this guy who's a recording artist from my day when Mario and going and see a concert. I'm singing with him on the phone. It was really wild. He was, stop, no. stop, you're terrible. You're terrible. Now, no. so, um, are you a singer now? No, no, oh, absolutely. So you can't sing. No, now. no, absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. I'd sing with him. He'd tell me, stop, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Well, we went back and forth. We had a good old time and we sang some Irish songs together. It was really cool. And then he passed away. And I was like, it really hurt. That one hurt a lot. I mean, out of all the celebrities, he was really nice to me. It really hurt. So then when I went back to school, I worked on the comic book I showed you. I made it a comic book. I actually had uh, friends come over, and they recorded audio. And I had some kids from UMass come down. They were from China, and they recorded in Chinese their roles. And the new Thor movie that's out is very similar to what I wrote. Because I use Marvel. I used DC. I used... Um the Ragnarok book is based on that um, information. So the new the new the Raggernaut one and this one this Thor uh what was it? Lord Thunder and Glove, Thunder, whatever. Lord Love and Thunder, those two movies together, a lot of that material is in my script. Oh wow because I took from that pre existing material, which is not illegal, it's not infringed or anything, and I changed it up to my own storyline. But he, I saw the previews, and I said, oh, my God, it is too close. Oh, <laughs> I
0: start, no. Yeah, I
1: started laughing. But I showed you that comic book. I, I went and I made a comic book of it because when I tried to do the animation uh, back in two thousand I think, fourteen. around 14 or 15, when I started, my friends came over. And I, I put signs up. People from Northampton came over, and they all did these voices for me. I got all the voices still. I couldn't render out the cartoon with my computer. I didn't have the hardware. It, I had, uh, blew up two computers. I had smoke coming out. I blew up a power supply on one, and a video card on another. I had replaced the motherboard twice. It just, it just it doesn't have the firepower. And once again, things have keep changing, evolving. Some people don't notice them, but like before you had a render in your house. Now you can go and throw your file in a cloud and have someone else render it and just send you back the images. So the technology has advanced. So one person can honestly make a Disney cartoon or a Pixar cartoon right now. If they have the knowledge and the time uh, and use what's out there and they could cut the cost down probably significantly, you don't need all the manpower that they have to, cause, You know, you look at some of the manpower they got, it's like back in the day you needed like Five thousand or so people to make a cartoon. Wow! And it went down to a few hundred. Then it went down to about fifty. But the fifty that are making the cartoon, there's still people on the back end that are keeping the servers running, writing software, software engineers, plugins. That that's one of the biggest things. Because like Maya is one of the main softwares they use at Pixar. They use at Disney. They use it at. DreamWorks, which was bought by Universal, they use it at um, the Ice Age movie, Blue Sky, I believe. But they have their own engineers write software to work in the Maya, and they own those that proprietary software, and that they don't they don't license it or let anyone use it. And that's what's one of the things like the render for Pixar is very unique. Versus if you go look at the other cartoons, you know there's differences. So it's that that software it's not public, but if you went and got access to mine, I think it's like $500 a month, something like that. You can go get that package uh, and you can go make a cartoon, throw it in the cloud and render it and bring it back down with the audios that are pre-made. You can go make a cartoon. Wow. Yeah. And um, when I
0: saw the, uh, the comic book, I was blown away. Because usually, you know, it's like the comic book that you buy in the store, you know, it's from someone that I would probably never met before or... I'll probably never meet, you know, usually it's, um, you know, famous people in Hollywood and stuff like that. So to actually hold that book in my hand and knowing like, wow, it's you, someone I know, I'm talking to, that was really uh, mind-blowing. And so what really inspired you to actually do that particular theme or to follow Disney rather than, you know, do
1: something else? Well, I didn't follow Disney. I I took the pre-existing material. Okay. And characters, and like back in the old days, some of the great cartoons, they used pre-existing material. And one of the biggest things, once again, was music. Because of licensing, Yeah. they would use like, if you go watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon, they are using uh, symphony music. Yeah. Which is in public domain. You don't have to pay a license for it. Right, right. Okay. So Disney did a lot of that. Warner Bros. did a lot of that. MGM did a lot of that. Um... There were like two other major cartoon outlets at that time. They had like five or six majors. They're down to like a handful now. But um, they would go and get that music to set the tempo, the beat. Like you do your, your show with this music. And then they would have, they wouldn't have to pay a license for it. And then so I did similar. was like, okay. So if you go look at a old Scooby-Doo cartoon or old um, Warner Brothers, Merry Melodies. They're referencing movie stars that are dead. Groucho Marx, Betty Boob, uh, uh, James Dean, uh, Humphrey Bogart, the guy with the big ears, I forget his name, but they're all famous actors from the 50s, and 60s, and 70s. They're all dead, but they're referencing and they're not actual copies. Okay. That, and that's people understand about copyright a lot. You can't... What happened with Napster? Napster was a great... Technology, but you're taking a copy of a music, sending it across the wire again to someone else that didn't pay for it. And that where it was illegal. That's illegal. But like a basketball card, like we discussed about the NFTs, we can get into later. If I gave him or her that copy as the original, so if Napster changed one thing and that would have been if you give this music of Metallica to Andre. You don't own it anymore. That's That was the big thing to be understand. Like, like what happened with, with Amazon. Amazon was selling books and DVDs in the beginning. Right. What they really were was a hosting company. They're using the DVD book sales and the book sales money to keep them afloat while they kept getting more and more businesses on the server that, hey, go to Amazon if you're looking for this or that. And now it's a store. It's a mall. A store selling gadgets, selling sneakers. Okay. A one-to-one ratio is known as um, what was the name of it? Now let me think. Think of it. There's it a law, um, and that's what that's what really made Amazon today. People don't know this. Um, first doctrine rule of law. It's called. You're able to sell. I could go sell my cell phone tomorrow. I already bought it and paid. Verizon or I bought it and paid Apple I can resell it reseller laws first doctrine rule you can resell but you can't keep it and resell it okay Napster was I'm keeping my copy of Metallica hey you want a copy too that was the illegal part okay so if I went and said here's my Metallica song what do you want to give me in exchange for it?" you gave me something else it was legal that was the big difference on the Napster issue from my understanding of law, and that's what made Amazon what it was today. Because Amazon fought that in court. It took them ten, over ten years, and they won. Right. And after they won, their stock went from twenty-five dollars to three thousand. <laughs> and one of the reasons why was people were short selling them, thinking that they were going to lose or settle. And they refused to sell because they they were in the right. Now, like Netflix, they were putting DVDs in the mail, but they were making copies on a, a machine, a duplicator. So they were taking that one copy master of, you know, Terminator and saying, give me ten thousand and send them in the mail to ten people that paid the subscription. Same with Redbox, they were doing something similar. They went and bought copies and either were duplicating or something and then they were put them in the boxes. You can't make a copy unless you have a, a license to do it, and that's what they had to get. Okay. And that's what they did. All right. So now
0: that you've been through all that and you have this wealth of information, you decide to um, jump in the crypto market because that was one of the thing that was trending for a while, you know, and so while in that particular uh, market or industry you're, um, the one thing
1: that you, you mentioned was the NFT Right, I really don't like crypto itself I don't, right. I, as I told you before I got burned on a transaction but the thing about crypto was um, it's it was designed to be a, um, a decentralized banking system, so it wouldn't be interest rate sensitive or global issue sensitive, and people could do back and forth. Like I told you before, if it never came to existence, the technology behind it would never came. That was the only good thing about it. So I'll, like, I'll give you an example. If someone was in Africa, or you know people in America don't know how so many people live in other countries, they've never, probably never seen it, uh, for them to make transactions, it's not the same with going down to the bank that we have here in the United States. Right. So, the technology for them to do it by phone, uh, crypto markets development, which they call fin, FinTech, I think it was called, that's what's great. So, I can wire money from here, like PayPal, to you. Yeah. And back and forth doing business. Uh huh. Basically, your bank is now your phone, which you see about Capital One on TV all the time. That came out of this crypto, right? the technology. The crypto itself, which they tried to make it decentralized, doesn't work because at the end of the day, whatever you do in crypto world, you have to bring it back into fiat money to use it. You can't use crypto to buy anything other than online stuff. or And when I mean by online stuff, it's not like you're going to Amazon buying something in crypto.
0: Right.
1: If this doesn't exist... And because it fluctuates, as you see with the prices, it's not stable like the dollar. The dollar is a stable currency. You know, right now it's even with the British pound the first time in 20 years. That's a stable currency. They're backed by bonds or gold or both or silver and bonds. But the there's nothing backing crypto. Stablecoin was supposed to be that one with the backing. And that didn't work. So I'm not a big fan of crypto. I did the mining to see if I could make some money, but it didn't work out. I like NFTs because they are more like basketball cards, and like the Michael Jordan one everyone talks about, or about something that's in scarcity, which people are learning now more with the economy, from food, baby formula, all the scarcity that's going on with the manufacturing and all that stuff. Uh, but the scarcity of an NFT, which I discussed before, was like you could buy this one NFT and it's only one. Right. And basically you're buying a token attached to the image or a video or whatever. And one of the things I like about the NFT market that's evolved, that's again, the, the evolution is what I look at, the evolution, the NFTs were once you buy with Ether or you buy with Bitcoin or you buy with stablecoin. Now you're seeing you can buy with a Visa. So you can say, oh, I want $300 for this Image, and someone you know can buy it. You can go to that OpenSea, which is like the biggest. There's a couple of others I've been looking. I want to see which one's the best to go to security-wise. That's the big issue about NFTs right now. The security is not there.
0: And and do you feel like um, part of problem why um, not only was the security not there, but Congress didn't pass any law to regulate it either. And then they ran into another issue with you know. Because it wasn't recognized as a currency in the United States right. and, and the IRS and all right. these other um, guidelines and, and like, all these different things, they have right. to they're go trying through.
1: to they're trying to catch up and they're and they're having a hard time catch up. Because what you look at crypto, it's really not a currency. It's really like a commodity, like gold, copper, silver, uh, platinum, platinum, Bitcoin, Ether. They're all fall, uh, they fall in that category, aluminum. They fall in that category of scarcity of uh, some people argue that I may not know what I'm talking about it, 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 in, in an economic business stock market says Bitcoin really is not a currency because you can't buy anything with it right it's it, not tangible it's, yeah. And, and when you have to switch it out of it into a tangible dollar pounds euros um, you know any other currency Canadian Chinese currencies then you can buy something with it right so you're buying a piece of A, hoping it's going to go up in value like stock and sell it to, to make that money or short sell it and go the reverse. Yeah. So it's really a, more of a commodity and they're using mining, which also falls under commodities. Yeah. And you know, their they're, they're thinking was they're going to limit the amount of uh, Bitcoin you can mine within a certain amount of time. and Like two more years or three more years is supposed to stop all mining. Now, um, do you feel like um, Elon,
0: Elon Musk, you know the guy who owned uh, Tesla, because uh, at one point he was introducing a couple different coins like Dogecoin Coin or all these other different coins he was um, basically t- talking about. And you know when he speculated about any coin or anything like that, then it has an effect on the market. Now, do you feel like he also has a lot to play in terms of the success or? You know a lot of stuff that happened where it goes up where it goes down
1: yeah uh, yeah and that was when they got him in trouble with one of the reasons we got in trouble sec that's the problem that these people do is they follow one of these celebrities who boasts about it and then when it doesn't go up the, the way even mark cuban the company he backed just filed bankruptcy
0: yes yes i saw that what
1: voyager i think it was yeah. um I don't think crypto's going to go wiped out like some people are saying. I think it's going to fall somewhere like the internet. The internet didn't get wiped out. It went up and down. It's going to have growing pains, but it's going to get somewhere at some point and then it's going to, you know, flat, not flatline, but it's going to find its place
0: yeah.
1: and its peaks and valleys are going to go more uh, reasonable, not these runaways. And what's going to happen is it's going to be, it'll stable out to a degree. And the word be best used, but not really stable. I mean, it's going to, it's going to get, it's going to find its spot like the internet found its spot. And Elon was doing it. People don't understand this. Elon Musk with his friends did um, PayPal. They created PayPal out of nothing, which is a great product, great company in, in some aspects. They sold it. And after they sold it, they had to put the money somewhere, the way the tax code works. Otherwise, they got to pay taxes on that money, which we discussed but with crypto. You buy and sell it, yeah. you can't write off the losses, but they make you pay taxes on the gains, yeah. which you experienced too. Exactly. So it's, it's very illegal. It's still being worked out with the government. They're still playing catch up. The speculation is very high and risky, so it's high risk, high reward, high losses. If you have the stomach and the equi- uh, equity to do it, like Elon does, have fun. Mark Cuban tried. He just filed bankruptcy on that business. That happens. You know, you take a risk. It, it, you can go one way or the other. On Elon, with, with his car coming, he actually didn't create Tesla. He bought it. Right. He took the money from PayPal, and he had to put it somewhere, so he bought into a pre-existing company called Tesla that these two guys did in a garage, and then was almost... On his last dollar, he said in an interview I saw, they did the IPO, which saved him from being broke. Sure. And he used that IPO money as leverage to get bank loans and other things to then build out what he has now. He's one of the richest guys in the world. Same with, same with uh, Amazon. He built up uh, Amazon in a barn in Seattle with $20,000, from his family to a multi-trillionaire and then sold out and went and did took the money and put it in the rocket company. Because we put the money, if you understand, you go make a trillion dollars and you go put it in your pocket, the IRS is at your door in 10 minutes. It's not tomorrow, it's not, they're there. And the the more you make, the more they take, is the saying here in the United States. So, in the state level, it's 20% taxes with state of mass. On top of that, it's federal. And federal goes by how much you make and when you get to that level it's almost 80 percent like people when they hit the lottery realize how much they lose when they go and get and cash it in yeah they gotta give 20 to the state of mass right off the bat they come and take it if you ever had one i went on one lottery ticket one time and i got two a little over two thousand dollars i cashed it in they took their money right away to state oh yeah and they said you gotta pay the rest on the federal at the end of the year don't forget and they gave me the paperwork and i'm looking at it going I thought I won, I lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So people understand that, you know, when it's the same with NFTs and anything else, there's a lot of legal tax things that people are not paying attention to. Like one, that one guy who made a million dollars on dog coin and refused to dump it, and then he woke up after Saturday Night Live with Elon Musk and it fizzled, he lost. When he went to do his taxes, he still had to pay on the money he earned. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to get that kind of money. So people don't understand. So they don't tax assets. They tax incomes. So when you cash out and get that income, they're coming. So what people do is they reinvest. Nonprofits, Bill Gates, blew blew something for the rocket ship. Yeah. And that's where they park the money. And then they take a position on the board or they take a position as chairman or... Something and they get their check That way and they get their tax write-offs to shield how much they're gonna take and how much you know, And then they buy their mansions. Yeah now it's funny that we're talking about
0: money and all these other stuff and the fact that um, As much as you know, yeah, these guys who go about making money the right way you also have a group of guys who figure out how can I uh, manipulate people yeah. and, and take money away from you and so those are the fraudster or the scammer you yeah. know what I mean and, and there's a lot of that and and it gotten so bad that um, actually I read a while back where these guys were sending out text messages to all the local people within the community and, and people were thinking like oh this is someone they knew but it was someone from you know one of these countries it could be um, Indonesia, yeah. you know,
1: China, Japan, China, China, Japan Kong, yeah. all over the place. They could even be here in the states, right? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fraud going on, and that's again, I said, the United States is still trying to catch up. Other countries have just banned it outright and said you can't do it anymore because once again, they don't recognize it as a currency. But the the fraud that people don't understand about, a, and one of the reasons why they created. Uh, crypto. One of the reasons why crypto was decentralized. The other was people that funneled money in to get it going was to clean up their money that would be legal or fraudulent. They couldn't go to the bank. So now you can go put it into crypto and it goes higher. You pull it out. Now you got clean money. Well, where'd you get the first money? You know, well, you you, know what I'm saying? you can't just go and investigate that. You have to have probable cause. Right. So if you don't have it and someone put in $20 million of drug money, and then you got 40 million back. that so it went up. It, it,
0: now, now saying this is say that right now. Do you feel like, cause you know, um, like, before we crypto came in the, the game, right? A lot of people go out, they get a stockbroker. Yeah. And so it is these guys, they're in that industry. They kind of know what they're doing and stuff like that. But now that you get in that industry, now you're saying, Oh, I'm going to, it's almost like you're playing a role where you're taking that risk. Now, So is it better than to say, okay, you know what, let me leave it to the professional or, oh, okay, I'm going to read up as much as I can. I'm going to do the research and then
1: take the risk. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends on, once again, how much money you have, time, and your stomach of risk, and what your objective is. Right. So if you're looking for retirement, you go with a a professional. Yeah. Uh, Or you you get someone to help you manage your money. Because, once again, the biggest thing to understand is, Trump changed the taxes. When he became president. Mm-hmm. Before that, the taxes weren't changed until, like, I think 1984 under Reagan. I think a little bit was changed under Clinton, but not as dramatic as they were under in the 80s. And then under Trump, the tax changes reduced people's taxes going to the government. But then when they got their check return check for the tax returns, it also was reduced. So they took less in and people did come really comment, you pay less in tax, you're still not gonna get two or three thousand or five thousand like you got last year back. We You gave me less money. Like, I let you keep more of your money, which is what you really want the government to. You don't want them to keep taking more. People really don't understand that. If you go and actually sat down broke it all down, 20% for the state, about 30% on the high end for federal. That's 50% of your money. Each week's check gone. You also got Medicaid, Medicare in there, and FICA, which is the Social Security. Yeah. Which they, everyone keeps trying to kill. I don't. I think you you need to keep those. But then you got house insurance, property tax, another tax, water bill. You got to have the water bill and your sewage bill because of you know you learned over time that if you don't have these things, you get cholera and, and water diseases. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you need them. Yeah. But then you do. Um, Cable. It's also got an FCC fee. It's also got a retransmission fee. which we don't read about. You keep adding all these up. About 80% on the high end, 70% on the low end is of your paycheck is going out to this, without you even
0: having any control over that. Right. So, um, so as we're actually segueing to everything that we're talking about, like uh, this past Super Bowl, right, uh, we had doing the commercial or the halftime show we had like all these uh, celebrity right
1: yeah crypto they're,
0: they're, they're promoting crypto they're talking about like oh uh, doing testimonial and saying yeah. how amazing yeah. it is
1: it's going down like yeah. that's not a thing anymore well once again I'm not a big fan of crypto I'm not a big yeah. fan of ether I think they're like the internet like I said before it was a great concept yeah and it evolved Right. And the technology evolved that now people can bank from their phone. It didn't ever exist. It's semi-secure. And you can do it globally. And, you know, someone who's in a country that's not as developed or is developed but not developed like the United States or Europe can do business around the world 24-7. Which didn't exist. People understand about the Internet. They take it for granted. I've been using the Internet since the 1970s. Okay. My big thing was I typed the paper up. I hit send to print it, and I ran in the other room and got my printout. That's the internet. The internet is sending the data from a computer to another device or computer through wire or wireless. That's all the internet really is. They made a big deal about the internet. I was sitting there like, okay, I've been using this all my life. You guys are making a big deal that you're doing in your bedroom or your house. Yay. Welcome to the 21st century. Yeah. You know, it, to me, it's like, it was, but the... I've seen it from my experience of knowledge from using the softwares. how advanced the software has come. Adobe's come a long way. The Maya, a 3D Max I use, they've come a long way. Uh, the rendering has come a long way. The editing. They used to, When they edited the first Star Wars, and I had to edit the same way when we started, you took a razor blade and you would scrape off the emotion on the film. To get You ever you ever see the fades in, in Star Wars where it goes like shh, the white to black? Yeah. You're doing that manually. Oh, wow. You take a piece of razor, you take a, a black emulsion um, positive, um, negative. Is, is there a negative positive? I can't remember off top of my head. And you would scrape away the black. Then you take the other one, you would cut an angle, and you piece it together so it goes from white to black in a nice... Now you just hit a button on your computer and it does it for you. Automatically. Automatically. And you just set the the, 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 the ratio additions. So uh, it was a good concept. I don't think it's going to be what they started. And, you know, you know, a lot of people start a business. They start with a business plan. And then they build a company. And they look at that business plan It's there's nothing but they build. Right. It ends, it, most of the time it always ends up that way. i was going to start out and I'm going to make uh, Nike sneakers. Well Nike now makes clothing, uniforms, you know, what happened to Sneaker Company? It still does sneakers, but what happened to the sneaker company? It, it you have to evolve or you right. or you go extinct. Yeah. So it's gonna evolve with something I don't know what it'll become, but it won't be a non-centralized bank. It that's what his first uh, thing was. So the celebrities paid, yes, but some of them actually like yeah, supported it, it, believe it, Mark Cuban. And they put their money where else mouth is, on some of them. And even the guys who were doing it, like the, the, guy, the big guy that's it's on the news right now, big CEO trying to save crypto from imploding, um, he gave away free money to get people to come join during the Super Bowl. And they, they pushed it, pushed it, and it's not turning out the way they envisioned.
0: So let me ask you a question. now: Where do you see the future of uh, NFT.
1: NFT is different because NFT, like I told you before, NFT is a token saying when you put on the blockchain, the uh, image, video, or whatever you're putting, it gives a timestamp when you did it, time, date, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're selling, that timestamp. There's only one, yeah. scarcity once again, like Batman or Spider-Man comic book. The first 10,000 were made was only, the reason it was only 10000 they didn't think it was going to work, they didn't want to invest a lot of money, it was a risk. When Marvel did comics, DC did comics, Dark Horse, uh, the guys down here who did Teenage Mutant Turtles that lived in Northampton, you don't have a lot of resources. And even when you do, you don't want to plow a million dollars in and go, well, if this fails, it bankrupts the company. So you do 10000 and you know, we, it's called test marketing. I'm going to put $10,000, 20000 out. Even, even Charles Schultz did it when he did the, the Charlie Browns. They did, uh, in the 80s, it was called Step Distribution. And they did it with the blockbusters. Star Wars, Jaws, E.T., Close Encounters, Third Time. Many of their household names, but what they did was they would go, okay, 50 markets, put the movie in each 50 market, one movie. So put it in Boston, put it in New York, put it in Chicago, put it in Texas, put it in Florida, Georgia, you know, I want to name some of the top. Seattle, Cali. But you're not putting 50 movies out at the same time. You're putting, you're putting 50 up, but you're not putting 50,000 out. Right. If it does well, we go to the next level and we add more movie theaters, they call it. And then the next layer, and the next layer. And then they take all those layers and they send them overseas and do it over there again. And then that's how you got the blockbuster. What ended up happening was technology advanced. You can't do that system in a the theater anymore. It doesn't work. Okay. You try and go and put Thor in the top 50 markets, see how well it does, and then go to the next. It's already in the dark market, black market on on DVD burned. So what they had to do, and this would happen in the late 90s, early, and that's why a lot of theaters went the bankrupt. Can't afford it. Um, they did uh, global, China, Europe, United States, all at the same time. People don't understand. You've got to pay and take the negative to make a positive. So, yeah, it's a negative when you do the, the scratching out of number. A negative for a positive for every theater you're going to put the movie in. So you're taking that main negative master and making positives for 3,000 theaters in all the countries you're doing simultaneously. That's a lot of money. Right, And then you're going to do advertising behind it to get people to come see it, like they did the Thor all summer long to get you to go see the movie which came out last week. Um, so, it's a lot of money. And that's where the big cost nowadays for the theater, not the manu- manufacturers, too expensive, but it's more that to get it out to prevent piracy. And the other thing that killed the market was Netflix. Netflix hits a button. And sends its movie to 300 million people worldwide. Come binge watch. Okay? How do you, as Apple, I mean, how do you at Disney, Sony, and Warner compete with, I'm going to put my movie out in the United States and go to Europe when they're going to hit a button and do everything? Right. So now you got to do everything. That's why Fox sold all its assets to Disney to try and drive Netflix out of business to stop them and they're 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 catching them now because their stock is falling, they lost subscribers. They had to increase their rate in order to pay for more movies. It's a it's a it's a it's a cycle that just keeps going around and around. The more you make, the more you got to spend. More you make you spend. Disney's in the trap now. Warner Brothers is in the trap. They had a merge with dire- uh, Discovery. And you're going to keep seeing more of these mergers because the cost versus the return is lopsided the only reason why disney's doing so well is they bought marvel they bought disney because their copyrights and trademarks are going to be expiring soon on disney stuff so they had to replace it so that's why they're doing all the theme rides over now so
0: with all that said and done man and um that's a lot of stuff that we basically touched on and and probably for some people they're like wow I didn't know all this and, and I know your wealth of information, right? Now, is there any other um projects that you're currently working on or um stuff that you're gonna be working on in the near future, if um something that you're you know, you're gonna want someone to check out, you know, in the coming future, or whatever. So what is it that that is exciting like okay, beyond beside N F T, what what other thing that you're
1: well, I got doing. several projects, but I'm doing an NFT project. And I really, what I like about see, is I explained to you before. I talked to one of my good friends who I worked with many times with. And I was telling him, like, you know, I, I understand what NFTs are. They're that token, and that's on the blockchain, but it's also in the database. You know, I, I kind of like, you know, why? And he's like, well, if someone's going to give you money for that token, okay. And you're not giving a percentage of your company and you can use that money to get started because if you go get seed money, you got to give a large portion of your company, especially nowadays. Um, take the money. I said. And the second part that was really interesting about the NFT market is you build a community. So you're hearing about some of these communities were getting hacked or robbed, which I don't like. I said it's not 100% sh- secure now, but it'll get there. Like PayPal wasn't 100% secure. It got there. Credit cards weren't 100% secure online, but they're getting there. Banks, you know, if you're something fraud goes on, they they don't hold it against you. So it'll get there. What I like about NFT is you're building a community of people that want to be a part of that project, want to be a part with you, and then they're helping you spread the word because they're profiting as well. So you're getting a team to help you. You're getting capital from people buying NFTs in to expand. So I'm doing a I'm do, starting an NFT project where I plan on doing comic books and comic strips out of it and merchandise and that's one of the things they keep talking about that they're giving these um people that buy nfts access to the commercial rights they call them so when i sell something if you hold on the nft you get a percentage of that sale and that's one of one of the things that built george Lucas's studio back when he did star wars um the 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 rights for merchandising which mostly back in that day no one cared about. They mostly focused on theatrical, because that's where the main money was. Secondary was TV. There really wasn't any satellite that came in later, and then cable was born late 70s, early 80s, but it didn't mature until 1990s, and that was because of Ted Turner. But the the rights, they said to Lucas, ah, you can have them, because we're, we're not going to do anything with them. We don't after he got those rights and licensed everything he could to promote once in to get the word out to promote to build the community yeah he made 500 million dollars a year from 1979 to 1999 a year from what i read (laughs) i was like after that they never allowed anyone to have those rights so by having ownership of the content which i have and those rights i can peer them off build a community like lucas did i look at that as very positive and i like to do that and then build out from the community with that reinvesting that money to build out the actual merchandise the content and put it out there for people to buy read see it and entertain and
0: enjoy that's good man and um i definitely wish you all the best in all the different projects you're working on and um like I said, we talk, we cover a lot of stuff, information, um, not just on the NFT and crypto, but just everything else that we, um, we touched on. And I had this quote here from um, this guy here, uh, Earl Nightingale, and he said that, you know, our rewards in life will always be in exact proportion to our contribution, our service. You know, and I just feel like as long as we're willing to put out good service, you know, good product, people will definitely, you know, appreciate it, their response, and they will definitely compensate you. Right. You know, so everything that you're doing, man, you know, eventually... It will definitely, um, you know, you will see the return. Just gotta keep focus and not give up.
1: Yeah. when I get it, um, when I get the site done and the NFT uh, ready for publish, I like to come back and share it.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that we can definitely do a follow up, you know, um, and we we'll basically provide all the necessary information on it, so that way, whoever is interested, like, wow, I want to learn more about what Tim had to share or the product, then they can check out the website, and I'll be able to. Um, include that in the description and stuff like that so we can definitely do a part two okay so as soon as you get that done you know just let me know I and will. then we can definitely um follow up from there all right yeah and then before then and now you know a lot can happen because stuff's always happening you know a lot, a lot of things are always going on so we can definitely pick up right where we left off and uh, just kind of talk about this but this was fun you know we it's one of my unusual spots um, I did this on my porch, you know. So the background, you probably hear, um, you know, car going by, the rain, uh, music, um, and i uh, trying to like make it as much as authentic as possible. Not like something scripted in the studio, and <laughs> people are like, "Oh, you no. know, what's going on?" Yeah. But that's that's what you like. You're like, "What's what's happening there? What's happening there?" You know, and uh, just just doing something a little bit outside the box. So. Thank you again, Timmy. I appreciate you, man, and no um, we'll definitely do a follow-up from this. All right. All right. And I just want to also let all my listeners know that you know don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, to my channel, and just share with your friends, coworker, people you know about. I'll see you guys on the next episode.